He's a former Air Force pilot. He delivers babies now as a baby doctor. He uh, was also our wilderness certified doctor on our Long Ride Home reality show. And he's a tandem surfer. We're going to welcome to our show today, Dr. Lance Mackey. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And we have as a guest today, actually one of my good friends. His name is Dr. Lance Mackey. He's uh, tough as nails. This guy... uh, Surfs, uh, surfs big waves. He's a tandem surfer, stand-up paddler, regular surfer. Uh, he was an Air Force pilot. He's a delivers babies now. He's a I don't know what you call him exactly. He's a doctor that delivers babies. He's a longevity doctor. He's an expert actually in sexual intimacy medicine. With he and his wife, who's a nurse practitioner, and they work in the areas of theology of the body. They've been uh, going through the process and are nearly certified in that. Uh, he's recently obtained his, mo- or is obtaining his motorcycle license. He's certified as a wilderness doctor. And so when we did our Long Ride Home reality show, uh, he met up with us in Houston and he drove one of the escort vehicles into the Big Bend Wilderness. And thank God he was there because we had a medical emergency that he was right on top of and, and took care of and and really did such a great job that it had really no effect on the ride. Even the rider was able to continue. Lance Mackey and I met because a woman named Gidget, uh, the girl Midget, uh, Kathy Corner Zuckerman, whose father wrote uh, the films and the book uh, c- called Gidget, you know, the surfer girl from Malibu, dear friend of mine. In fact, I was just with her two weeks ago over there in Santa Monica. I kind of got her out uh, surfing again after she had been out of the water for maybe 30 years. I got her out in the water surfing again, and she said, you got to meet my friend Lance. You guys are going to be best friends, and, and it is. And one of the things about Lance is he and I both have ADHD. That means they call it attention deficit with hyperactivity disorder, but I call it a blessing. My friends don't call it a blessing, but I call it a blessing. Understanding that situation and able to uh, manage it has been a great blessing to my life because one thing I know about people that have ADD or ADHD, they tend to step out of the box in life. They don't tend to live too much inside their comfort zone. And that would be true of my friend Lance just by listing off the things that I've said that he he does and, and, and is. Um, tell you that. So what I wanted to challenge you guys today uh, is that uh, the other thing about Lance Mackey is that he really loves his wife and he really loves his family. But I want to challenge those of you that are listening today to maybe take a little lesson from people like Lance and I and step out of your comfort zone. Begin to do something bold. Uh, there's desires within you that God has placed there that, well, if as you prayerfully pursue them, God will direct you into wild adventures of, of serving him. As you follow the little nudge of the Lord, as you begin to put those those little inclinations in, uh, in, in godly order and pursue them, God will begin to direct your path. But God can't direct anybody's paths who's just sitting still. 
You know, if you try to ride a bicycle and balance it without it moving, it's really hard. When I ride my Harley, there's a thing called a motorcycle rodeo. And one of the things they try to get you to do is to ride your motorcycle as slowly as you can. It's very hard. It's in the same way it's hard for God to give you balance and direction in your life if all you're doing is sitting still inside your comfort zone. Yes, we need to have our time of prayer, but we also need our time of rolling thunder and letting God direct us. And this is the thing I've seen in Lance's life is that uh, God has given him a rich, full life because he is uh, he's uh, he's uh, in motion, not in a scattered or fractured way, but he's in motion uh, to pursue God's will. And he steps out of his comfort zone all the time. Well, I want to talk to you men especially about stepping out of your comfort zone in one particular area. There is an area that we need to be more bold in, an area where we need to man up and get a little bit gritty and tough it out. And we need to be able to look at our family members, our wives in particular, our children, those that God has called us to serve, and tell them that we love them. Especially, I think, your wives. You know, we do these nine-day novenas of prayers, the rosary, and we have all these different sort of patterns of prayer that we do. How about developing a pattern of how you're going to show your wife that you love her? You know, to say I love you, honey, is really meaningful. But have you ever stopped her and just just, just uh, held her and looked in her eyes and said, let me tell you the reasons why I love you? And describe to her her inner beauty, uh, her virtues, and remind her of the wonderful things that she's done for you and for your children. And do the same thing with your children. Uh, There's nothing more powerful than a father speaking to a child and helping that child to see the unique gifts that God has given them. As a father, as as a parent, you can see things in them that they may not even see themselves. And you say, do you know how you do this or you know how to do that? I remember when I was in high school, my dad started having discussions with me about the way God had made me, uh, the gifts and the talents and what I liked and what I didn't like. And he began to help me understand the different possibilities of the direction that my life could take. He really affirmed things in me. And when he would do that, I'd go, yeah, you know what? That is me. He does understand me. That is right. Well, children need to know, as the Bible says, while you're on the way with them, uh, you know, share with them the way that they should go. And what I think that means isn't just about moral things, but, you know, a tree wants to grow in a certain way. And a child can be seen by the parent to be uh, made to grow in a certain way without, we don't want to manipulate them or force them to do our will. But you can help hold up a mirror to them so they can see their inner beauty, their strengths and their abilities and guide them. And we, can, we need to do that now. We need to spend a time, set aside time in the next week or two to do that. But especially let's do that with our spouses or the, the, if we're engaged, the, the girlfriend in our lives. Who is it uh, that we see that she is in our lives and how much we uh, value her? And don't just do that once. Do that daily. Make it a habit. As much as you have your spiritual prayer time a habit, make, make telling the people in your life that you love them and why a habit too. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. This is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. This is Matt Swaim from the Sunrise Morning Show, and I love soaking up Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wasnick. Uh, we have our show is kind of unique because we get all kinds of uh, different people on our show. We have uh, brilliant philosophy professors. We have uh, people that have you know climbed mountain peaks, and then we have really strange people on our show too. And today, I, you know, we have a lot of different kind of characters. And if there's one thing I can say that the man who's going to be on our show today is a character. I'm not going to put him quite in the strange category because that would be too. That would be too complimentary to him. He's kind of almost out of this world. When they when the Lord made, made Doc Lance Mackey, he broke the mold. Uh, try to categorize this guy, and you're going to have a problem. He's an Air Force pilot. He is a, a baby doctor, delivers baby babies. He's a world-class tandem surfer. That's where uh, we lift women over our heads when we surf. Uh, and uh, I think he has the... Uh, the the distinction of uh, he's a great stand up paddle surfer. He stand up paddles all over the world, uh, <clears throat> but the great the coolest and he loves his family and loves his wife. Uh, I, I think that's probably the most uh, obvious thing you would say about him. He looks really ugly without a beard and uglier with one. So uh, we don't know what to do with him. But we got uh, we got uh, Doctor Surfer dude as he's sometimes known. He says if I'm not delivering a baby, I'm out surfing. We got Doctor Lance Mack. One of my one of my best friends in the world, Doc. Welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, it's great to be here. You know, I've been trying to avoid this interview for a long time, but finally, finally had to break, <laughs> break down and get you on the show. Well, it's really hard to get you on the show because uh, really, you're you're the Lord has you traveling uh, all over the place. Uh, but uh, the most recent. Uh, well, maybe not. It's been a couple of weeks since I saw you, but we recently went on quite an adventure. Uh, you want to uh, kind of let, let let the people in on what you and I were up to uh, a few weeks ago? Oh, that was great. Yeah, we. Um, I flew in from California. just got done working out there in uh, uh, God's country, Monterey, and I flew into Houston, met you and a bunch of guys, uh, met um, some wonderful people that I had never seen before, plus some... Uh, people that I had seen before, like Father Mark Goring and uh, Jay uh, from uh, Houston, and of course you and Tim. Uh, so a lot of people I had known, but really some new people. And the whole idea was that we were going to be uh, real men uh, on motorcycles, driving from Houston, Texas, all the way to Big Bend, uh, and trying to attract a group of people that would see these tough guys riding into town on their Harleys with all this noise and, and come over and, and see what we were doing. And then as we got their attention uh, and we got, got them going, got them excited, all of a sudden somehow the tenor would change to talking about Jesus. So we kind of uh, used that as a hook to get the uh, man to listen to real man talking about Jesus. Well, yeah, they either were came and were wondering what was going on or they ran for their lives. It's hard to tell which one. <laughs> And we saw that too. Yeah, like get away from these guys. And, it was yeah, because uh, when we would come in after riding for hundreds of miles, and we had, I remember walking into a gas station with my helmet on, looking pretty intense, probably you know with my leathers on and all that. And really, yeah. I just needed to get to the bathroom. But they like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, call the police. Yeah, and uh, you you remember back in the day, and in fact, uh, my wife and I went to uh, a party about fifty years ago with a group called the Devil's Inchman. We didn't look quite that bad, but if they looked at the back of our jackets, 
they saw that we were uh, actually writing for Jesus. So uh, if we frighten them from our frontal view, if, if they saw our backs, it would be much more. Well, anytime I see you, I'm, I, I, I have to say it's, a look, it's, it's something that will scare anybody. But on the back it said, <laughs> long ride home, and we had the angel's wings and the Jesus Christ right, is my Savior right. and Lord. Yeah. So it struck up a lot of interesting, you know, uh, a lot of interesting dialogue, we'll say. And we were very fortunate to have you, Doc, uh, extremely fortunate, um, and you're going to be going on our next ride, too. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Long Ride Home, the reality TV show, 10 episodes that's going to be airing on EW and EWTN-TV uh, uh, this this summer. Um, and we're going to actually, before it even airs, we're going to be rolling on our next shoot uh, from uh, New Jersey down to uh, down the Blue Ridge Parkway. But you're being on this ride. We asked you not to ride a motorcycle, but to be in the escort truck because we needed you to be there as our... You're actually certified at, at, in... Uh, I don't know, what do you call wilderness doctor? You're actually certified in that area. What, is that, what does that mean? Well, uh, a number of years ago, my wife and daughter and I, who's a, a, a special intensive care nurse out in California, we went to uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, specifically just to have fun, whitewater rafting, etc. And the name of the course was Wilderness Medicine. And there's a long story there, what I won't go into, but uh, in that uh, week-long episode of trying to have fun, I uh, also got certified in wilderness medicine. So one of the classes, for example, was uh, 101 uses of duct tape. We didn't need any <laughs> duct tape on this mission, but... Uh, I used to be, spo- I used to be sponsored by them. I used to be sponsored by duct tape. In my in my surfing, that's what I told people because I had so much duct tape on my surfboard, you know. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm sponsored. I even had my uh, my surfboard shaper uh, uh, airbrush in duct tape on my board when it was brand new, just because that's the way my boards looked. Because I would ride right into the rocks. I always like to ride as far as I can on the board. And I tell people, you want a bumper sticker? They go, sure. And I just rip off a piece of duct tape and give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's Lance. How far would you say the nearest hospital was from where we were when we were in the Big Bend country? Oh, well, when we got out to the uh, Big Bend thing, um, they said it was a couple hours away uh, at least. And, you know, we probably had the ability to, to phone in the helicopter. But even when you're in a big city like where I work, the helicopters don't just show up instantly. It takes them a half an hour, an hour. So if something, you know, dire were to happen... I'm thinking of three, four hours before they would get there uh, because, you know, they have to call the team, put it all together, et cetera, and they have to be available. They might be on another run. So, yeah, we were way out there. So way having you there. with us, and, and Doc, uh, yesterday uh, my son and I, you know, it was so cool because I have Shane Wozniak, uh, is the, my son is the executive director of this whole thing. He's super gifted. And then my son Joshua is uh, is the technical director, the assistant editor, and assistant uh, sound engineer, kind of does everything. They're like the Coen brothers almost when it comes to filmmaking. And uh, we, Joshua and I were working on uh, the rough edit for episode three, and you're doing mm. the briefing. Remember when you did the briefing? We had all the guys, and we we did the right. briefing of the. And I, and I stood up and I said, I started. I said, we're gonna have the medical briefing now. And I and I said, so I'm. I'm if you guys need any medical care, come right, come to me because I've got uh, my medical kit. And I raised up my uh, my band aid, and it said first aid right. kit I, on it. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go, but no, don't worry. I have the rattlesnake kit, so I lifted up my little rattlesnake thing, which is probably. <laughs> worthless yeah, I but that. i said yeah, just great. in case you have memories of the of uh the the film city slickers uh we do have our, <laughs> our rattlesnake kit but then you gave a briefing and you remember one of the first things you said to them was you warned them to do something uh do you remember what it was because i do 
because we we just edited it yesterday. Stay hydrated above all costs. Exactly. That was your first words you said. And what happened, uh, I think, uh, three days later? Well, one of the guys didn't heed that uh, advice. And as we were riding out of Houston, we actually had the sheriff who had gone to mass with us, a really neat guy, Tommy. Uh, he was late in the pack, and I'm behind them. And, and I see what looks like is some guy doing some crazy left to right, you know, uh, weaving around. And I thought, well, you know, I haven't really watched that many formations, but, but something's wrong here. And all of a sudden, the formation just disappears to the left before I could even follow them. And they said, we need a medical doctor right away. So we quickly got there. And uh, by the time I got there, one of the riders was down on the ground. He was not all that coherent at the moment. And uh, well, mo- most of our riders are never co- are not coherent, uh, you know. Uh, well, Lance, that's true. But worse than usual, in other words. Yeah, and I, I won't mention his name. You, you're you're at liberty. So oh, I won't mention. Well, let's not mention Dan. We will not mention Daniel Markham's name. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our token Baptist minister was uh, was the one. Uh, I didn't know if I could say that or not, but since you did, I will. So he is down, and I had met him before. Great guy. We had lots of talks. We have some common uh, bonds from our youth. And, and so um, it was like, okay. And, and so my daughter's uh, friend at work, Jeff, uh, had prepared for me a giant uh, tackle box. It was this huge thing. had everything in the world. And what he told me was, I think you might need this. And he had several uh, IV solutions, uh, how to start an IV, et cetera, right in that thing. So we laid it down. And uh, as I started the IVA toll panel, I said, um, now I'm not going to tell you how long it's been until we get this in, but it's you know been more than a couple weeks since I put in an IV. So with the film running, I pulled out the stuff, and there was a new piece of equipment that I'd never used. Uh, it's called an angiocath, and I, and I pushed the button, and it retracts it. Oh, so that's how it works. So long story short, uh, I got it in for a stick. Uh, yeah. And, uh, got the IV running. And then I told them later, I said, it's been 30 years. Because you usually have uh, uh, your assistants do that for you. And I got to tell you, Lance, you almost had two. You almost had two patients because you were having me put the the tourniquet on his arm to get the blood vessel to pump up. And then I almost fainted (laughs) watching you (laughs) stick that needle in. So, but I mean, it was really, it was really, you know, what happens is, and is, is, is like most guys, Dan likes to have a a glass of wine or something the night before. Uh, You know, we had, I think he and I had shared a cigar out by the pool before we're going to start this long ride. Right. And that coupled with just riding a motorcycle dehydrates you because the wind is just taking the water right out of your body. It was very hot that day. And hot. Yeah. Right. And he came yeah. riding up. He was towards the back of the pack running uh, as tail gunner or just in front of the tail gunner. Right. And uh, all of a sudden right. he's weaving up and he just shoots up right next to me. And like, uh, you know, it's a dangerous thing to do to go right through the middle of the pack like that. And uh, right. he let me know uh, he needed to turn off and we rolled off. And then uh, but it was so cool because uh, you took care of him. You, you gave him an IV and and he rallied. But let me tell you how the episode's going to look, Lance. And then we got to then we okay. got to go into deeper subjects. You know, we have to talk about okay, deeper, sure. deeper things than life and death of Daniel Markham. Uh, <laughs> but what, what, the way the show's going to go at the end of the third episode, I think it is. We see Daniel Markham. Uh, we have this kind of eerie country kind of sounding music, kind of Western sort of music, which a lot of the show is kind of that uh, spaghetti western surf guitar sort of sound 
and you hear this music, but we don't have, I'm not narrating, there's no voices. You just see his bike begin to weave because we have have it all on camera. And then us pulling off and then him running, crashing uh, into by the gas station pump and then people running to help him. And then him laying down and getting an IV, you helping him get in the IV. And no no sound, no words, just this very eerie music. Like, like he felt, you know, when he was getting dizzy and about to faint. And... Uh, and then we, uh, and then at the, after the eerie music, we cut. We uh, have the sound of voices. Is he going to be okay? You know, the, we, know whatever, we have this five seconds of a cacophony of, of voices, and then the episode ends. Isn't that mean? That is mean. Yeah, because yeah. people won't know. We people won't know. You know exactly what happened after that. So, uh, but it's it's really cool. And the other thing is that episode, um, Lance begins <clears throat> with a pimp uh, staring us down and backing his car up through a group of us bikers and, and, and these beautiful, for the most part, Hispanic women uh, praying the rosary in front of the brothels in Houston. Uh, what was your, right. and, the, and then the enforcer showing up and, uh, and oh, these, these, yeah, t- talk about yeah. the courage of these women and, and, and your, what your, uh, you know, we don't have a, we have a few minutes here. So it's kind of get, get us rolling down that, that ride of what that was like when we showed up at the, it, it, Houston is known to be one of the major international sex trafficking areas right. where we were. And we went right down to where there were six brothels, one after another lined up carrying the cross and these guys in biker vests and big coach, John McKenna there with me and Jason. Right. Who's a Muay Thai fighter, Jason Jones, and myself, uh, Ninja Black Belt. And uh, I tell you, the most intimidating thing out there wasn't us got men; it was those women with their rosaries. So, talk story about that experience for a few minutes, and we'll uh, we'll carry that into a discussion of this great uh, work that you're doing in the theology of the body. But maybe that's a good leaping off point. Sure. Well, um, as usual, you tricked me because I didn't even know what we we're going to do. We end up down there. At the Harley place, I thought, oh, this is another Harley stop, and and we're putting together some food bags for these people that are homeless or, you know, in the trafficking uh, world. And uh, so um, all of a sudden we start, you know, getting ready to go, and and was told to me what we're going to do. And I just had this horrible sense of evil, and I ran back to the truck, and I picked up a Benedictine cross that had the salts of, uh, of exorcism in them. And as I went to get it, I looked at this guy that was sitting at the Harley place and he looked to me like Satan in Mel Gibson's movie. Uh, yeah. and, and I thought, man, this is it was like, scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we, let's not say it was, it was just, just around the corner from the Harley place where we had right. parked. I don't want to make the Harley place look bad, but this guy, he looked he looked weak and sick, and at the same time, just like darkness had filled him. Oh, he, he, he was like when, you know, in the Passion, when, when Satan was looking at Jesus and, you know, how he kept stalking him. And I got Exactly. This, you're, talking about, you're, talking about, you're talking about the older guy, right? He was a younger kid. Oh, okay, this is so someone I, else. Yeah, I, okay, good. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of Satan's uh, minions there. So uh, they were there. I mean, uh, no kidding. And so I went and got that, and I went back uh, to the area where we were all gathering, and someone had a big cross, and we were praying. When you say big cross, it was, we had to carry it. It was like right. not as big as the cross of Jesus, but I've carried that cross down in Galveston yeah. with these people too. So we we're dragging that along the ground, and other crosses were yeah, there. Good size yeah. cross. So anyway, as I came back, one of the uh, Hispanic gals said, can I carry that cross? And I said, sure. I didn't really want to let it go. I needed it for myself, but I gave it up to her. And she clutched that cross for the next hour. It's this gorgeous 
Benedictine cross, which you see in the in the and she and she held it over her head a lot of that time, she and did. you see that yeah. you'll, they'll see that in the reality show. Um, right. And we'll talk in a moment about how when the pimp came out, and then his right. enforcer showed up. We're talking with one of my dearest friends, uh, a surfer buddy of mine. But we go way back to the early days before the World Championships of tandem surfing even started. Um, Doc Lance Mackey, who's a surfer, adventurer. Air Force pilot uh, delivers babies and is very involved in theology of the body. And one of my dearest friends. Uh, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak and Lance. Viva Cristo Rey! Viva Cristo Rey! Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 72. I got an email last week from my friend Jeff Stickle, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Stickle, telling me to pray for his son. He received a mayday, mayday, mayday signal from his son who was sailing from the island of Oahu to the mainland. It's a treacherous trip. It's very difficult because you're going against the wind the whole time. And they were about a 1,000 miles from the coast of California when he got the signal. They had been hit by a rogue wave. The boat was sinking. Uh, he had the presence of mind to stay with that radio and call in the Mayday. Jeff contacted the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard was able to find a merchant vessel that came alongside them and were able to take them on board. Now, the reason why that all happened is because Nathan, the reason why the rescue took place was because Nathan had the presence of mind and the skill to stay on that radio. 
He knew he was in trouble, and he called for help. And as 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 he uh, as the rescue took place, he was able to co- talk to the Coast Guard, and who relayed it to the ship, and then talk to the ship, and help them locate them. And they rescued him and his two friends off that ship, off their sailboat, and then their sailboat sunk. So I'm challenging you to keep your radio on when you find yourself in in in, in a time of temptation. Just pray, say say a hail Mary, ask Mary to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Uh, just pray and ask Jesus to come alongside you and rescue you. Keep your radio on. When you're, you know, when I miss uh, my morning prayer time, it affects my whole day. I can tell my my frequency isn't just quite as tuned as, I, as it could be. Turn your radio on so the Lord can guide you and lead you through your life. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and we have a man who's kind of uh, known for the the diverse types of adventures that he's uh, been on in his life. He's an Air Force pilot. He's a doctor that delivers babies. I don't know what they call that. Uh, He's a longevity doctor. He's also involved in in sexual intimacy medicine, uh, involved in theology of the body. He's a biker. He's a a wilderness, certified wilderness uh, uh, doctor. He went with us on our our shoot for Long Ride Home. He's a member of the cast uh, for the 10-episode reality show we're doing for EWTN. And he's one of our best friends, uh, one of my best friends. We surf together all the time down at Cocoa Beach and surfed in Hawaii and uh, other places. So uh, Lance Mackey, uh, just briefly, Lance, uh, just, just uh, I, and I know briefly doesn't mean briefly. I mean really, really briefly. Tell everybody how you and I actually got to know each other. Uh, I bought a uh, stand-up board from uh, Steve Bainey out in California after my wife suggested I get into it. She usually comes up with these great ideas. I said, that, that looks stupid. She goes, no, you need to do that, especially in Florida where they don't have that great a surf. So I bought the board. Uh, I had big problems with it. I called Steve to find out what to do. And we had talked uh, like two days before because we have a mutual friend, Gidget, the, yes, the real Gidget, and you knew her, I knew her, and I was scheming to get the three of us to do some wellness stuff in Hawaii. So I called you up, and uh, you said, well, why don't you come and tandem surf here? And I said, uh, I've never done it. And you go, oh, I'm sure you can find somebody. And I jokingly said, I'll get my granddaughter. Same sentence. I said, I'm just kidding. And the next day, you called me back and said, dude, you're in. I said, dude, I'm in what? He said, you're in the Duke Hanamoka Ocean Fest. I said, I don't want to be there. And, of course, um, now that I know you, I know why you did what you did. And so I went back to Steve Bainey. He laughed at me, and he said, you know, it's not that easy. Well, I went out with Steve and his wonderful wife, uh, Barry. They're world champion tandem surfers, uh, just the best that there are, true Aloha people. And 
Barry was my first candle partner, well, you're a, and she and Steve showed me how to. Well, you're a fortunate. You're a fortunate man. I was just with uh, Stephen Barry a couple weeks ago. We got on a four man stand up paddle board, and and we cru- which is not easy to do, by the way. We cruised through the Dana Point Harbor. Oh, the conundrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then uh, the, later that day uh, or the next day, I went up and I saw Gidget, who who's who's the girl midget. She was the girl that everybody uh, teased on the beach at Malibu. There was only about twenty surfers there, and she was the girl midget who showed up and wanted to learn to surf and her father was a film uh, writer and filmmaker and she kept a diary and they had a very wonderful relationship and uh, he said let me read it and she shared it with him and out of that came the book Gidget and out of that came five movies and three television shows and every little girl I know that surfs to this day is still called Gidget and so Kathy uh, had stopped surfing for quite a while Gidget and uh, maybe over 30 years, and I got her back out in the water tandem surfing. And they said, you got to meet this guy, Lance. And so that's the, she's the one that introduced us. But Lance, uh, we were talking about this experience um, down in Houston where, the, where one of the main uh, sex trafficking, international sex trafficking area is, where right. there's a, there were brothels and also a por- pornography being filmed there. And uh, the, the deep sense of – it's one of the deepest, most darkest – uh, you know how when you're praying, you can sometimes almost, you almost, not physically, but you almost can smell the fragrance of the Lord, you know? And I remember at Lourdes, I actually did smell uh, a ro- uh, the fragrance of roses of, with, with Mary. Right. And people around me, do you right. smell those roses? They go, no. I go, well, you're kidding me. There's just a strong smell of fragrance of roses. No, don't. So you can actually have this sense of, of the fragrance of the presence of the Lord. Um, and, and there I, I smelled a rat, I mean, not actually physically smell a rat, but I mean, there was a, there was a stench of evil there that was just uh, very obvious. Describe that experience and where that led you into, and, and maybe lead that into a little dialogue with us about your involvement in theology of the body and what we can learn, you know, yeah, bringing well, us to. Yeah, um, uh, as you know, I'm kind of long-winded. I'll try to pair it right You guys, uh, Lance Mackey is the most long-winded man, more than me. When we go have breakfast well, together, it's 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 uh, it's breakfast, eggs, and Lance usually. So uh, this guy, if I'm going to tell him to, when he, and he always starts his stories out by saying, "I'm going to keep it short," so don't believe him. But Lance, this is your this is your time to let it go. Let us let's hear the story. Okay, I'll get back to how I'm talking less these days someday. Uh, well, <laughs> basically, uh, it started with um, Pope Paul VI with his Humana Vitae which, of course, came out around the time of the sexual revolution. It was a direct contrast to what was going on back in the 60s. It came out in 68. And uh, he started, and of course, John Paul II, uh, through Love and Responsibility, which he wrote before he became Pope, and then it became Theology of the Body when he was Pope. He wrote 135 homilies, uh, and actually... um, I, six of which were so juicy that he only gave 129. He actually gave these on his Wednesday sermons uh, from, you know, uh, St. Peter's uh, Square. So basically, uh, this is really boiling it down. If the body and sex are the most sacred thing that God gives us, then the best place for the enemy to attack it and become violently profane is through pornography. So if God's greatest gift to us is sex, because it actually uh, is part of the uh, marriage 
uh, between the man and the woman. And, and it imitates and, the marriage between uh, the bride of, of Christ and Jesus. It's it, deeply it's strictly, sacred. It, it, it is an analogous experience to Christ and his relationship to the church, the bride and the bridegroom, which Jesus shows us. He came to us because God is pure spirit, and Jesus came to us to show us, you know, that he has this other dimension, the body, so we can we can actually see that. And, and basically, marriage is, is a sacrament. It's a sign. Uh, and what a sacrament is, it's a sign that makes visible the invisible, the mystery of God. And that's how we can see God through another human being. Uh, so that that is one of the greatest gifts that he gives. And, you know, it, uh, the problem with, with sex and our sex... Uh, uh, saturated culture, it's not that it overvalues body and sex, but it fails to see how valuable the body and sex really are. And it's really kind of tricky, but it's not. It's really kind of tricky, but it's not. And so it's the enemy's greatest opportunity, and that's what he does. He takes something that's beautiful and pure and twists it just a little bit and gets everybody confused. Well, you had uh, quoted John Paul too. I believe it was Pope St. John Paul II. I forget what order you say, Pope or Saint. I think you say St. Pope John Paul II. He made this, uh, yeah, he made uh, this stunning... Great, I should say that. Yeah. I, I messed that up, yeah. Yeah, well, he... <laughs> I love... <laughs> I, I've read through those homilies, and uh, uh, and I remember the most one of the most stunning things it talked about was that pornography isn't wrong because it shows too much. It's because it shows too little. It doesn't... Did, right. did you explain what he meant by that. Well, um... Again, you know, the, the relationship between uh, a man and a woman is a very sacred thing. I mean, uh, a man and a woman in, in a marriage, they actually create another human being. And God puts in the spirit to make that, 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 that baby whole, and that baby becomes a person. So that's what And a, you see this every day, don't you? You're delivering babies, I, I do. the miracle I babies, do. every day. Yeah, and, and I guess one of the reasons, just to divert just a little bit, you're going to let me do that, I hope, is that as an obstetrician, and I see more and more every day uh, people that aren't married, uh, that, that are having babies, and I'm not condemning the person, I'm, just, I'm commenting on the, the, the situation that's allowed to develop, that they, they do not have a sacramental relationship, and and so they're missing out on that, and they're, they're missing out on what it takes to be a true parent and, and to instill uh, God into that, that relationship. He, he's there already, but they're the custodians of that little baby. And, and through the years, it keeps getting worse and worse. And in fact, I've, I've seen actual fathers of babies when the baby comes out, and almost everybody knows what the sex is before the baby comes out because of ultrasound, but sometimes they don't. I've actually seen fathers and their dads leave the room because they're disappointed it wasn't the sex they wanted. And when you see that, it's just so disheartening. And so one of my main passions for for trying to get people to realize the sacredness of their marriage is because of what I see every day. By the way, my wife, Chris, is a former labor and delivery nurse. She's been there, too, and she's a woman's health nurse practitioner. So we, we, we've seen this, and we've seen it getting worse and worse. And we know we're going to win. Uh, we know we're going to win. Jesus won it for us. 2,000 years ago. We just need to let other people know. So that's that's kind of what Chris and I are doing, is to make people aware of 
the sacredness of marriage and our vows and, and what it really means. And the sacredness of marriage, then uh, you know, when you look at, we're, we're going to take a break here in a moment, but when you look at uh, the spirituality in the Catholic Church, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, uh, Catherine of Siena, Therese of Lisieux, Augustine, Aquinas, all these great doctors of our of spirituality, they all talk about this progression towards nuptial union with Christ. Uh, when we right. when, we're, when we're when we get to heaven, uh, we are going to actually be in a marriage relationship as the body of Christ, uh, the the bride of Christ with Jesus. So the 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 sexual union isn't kind of an uh, an an. an allegorical uh, thing or analogical thing about uh, Jesus and the church. uh, It's not like Jesus and the church is kind of like marriage. It's it's the other way around. Marriage is kind of like Jesus and the church. And for that reason, the sexual act is a tremendously sacred moment, very cosmic, very sacred moment. We're talking with Doc Lance Mackey, one of my best friends. Uh, This is Bear Wozniak on Deep Adventure Radio. We're going to have him back in just a few moments. Hang on. International Deep Adventure Radio. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. Uh, Dr. Lance, viva Cristo Rey! Viva Cristo Rey! We had a great time, Doc and I and a, a bunch of other men, uh, riding Rolling Thunder from Houston, Texas into the Big Bend country of Texas. And uh, that, that call, Viva Cristo Rey, uh, became our call. It was the call of the Cristeros uh, movement in Mexico that was, the, was, was uh, uh, defending uh, Catholic priests, nuns, and, and, and Christians from the Mexican Revolution. They would ride in on their horses yelling, Viva La Revolution, and, and ride their horses right into the churches. And the Cristeros movement uh, responded with their battle cry, Long Live Christ the, the King, Viva Cristo Rey. It's become really the creed of our, uh, of our men's movement. And, uh, and, uh, and Do- Dr. Lance uh, uh, was a key part of that, uh, one of the cast members. Uh, we're going to be doing a, it's a 10-episode series that's going to be airing on EWTN um, uh, in the summer of uh, 2017, but Lance, you know, we were talking about earlier about how ugly you are without a beard, but how <laughs> uglier you are with one. Uh, describe the scene when you walked into the gift shop that day. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, well, you you know why I have uh, this uh, half beard known as a goatee. My wife said she didn't like my chin, and I might look better with one. It took me several tries, but. Now I won't be without it. You will never see me. But you had a full beard. You look like that guy. I forget what he used to be the character in the Westerns that was the cook. 
I think his name was Gabby. Uh, I mean, you had this big old Gabby ugly Hayes. beard. Yeah. And Gabby so, Hayes. so yeah. describe what happened uh, when you walked into the gift shop that <laughs> well, day. Well, it, it was pretty funny because uh, there was zip lining going on, and and uh, so I walked in, and uh, you you had called me, you had begged me to come, and uh, of course, Daniel. Uh, our token Baptist minister, who you had, there. whose life you had basically saved on the ride, but when we talked about that, that, who who you had helped, who had become dehydrated, you had to give him right, an IV right, a few right, days right, earlier. Right. So it was payback so time, as far as he was concerned. With with his uh, Daniel grin, and you were there, and a couple other guys, and I said, "Oh, is this is this the zip lining briefing?" And you said, "Yeah, have a seat." So I sat down, and, and Daniel comes up to me with a Bowie knife. And he said, um, you know, you're ugly with the beard, but you were uglier without it. No, it was the it. other way around. <laughs> he said, you're ugly without the beard, but you're uglier with it. He took out, it was you're about, right. I mean, the blade on that knife was about a foot long. I mean, it was a long, sharp blade <laughs> with, a, with, an antler, with an antler bone handle, I think, yeah. And so I, I tried to get up, and you guys slammed me back in the chair and I kept struggling, and then you said, look, uh, Chris will kiss you more if you, you shave it off. I said, oh, well, if that's the case, so let's just get rid of it. So um, that's the scene. They'll be in the movie, I think. So he took that knife and started shaving you. And I got to say, I didn't, it didn't improve my, your looks much, but maybe, maybe she'll kiss you sometime. We'll see. But this man really does love his wife, Chris. I mean, it's, it, it's really, if you want to see a man cry, just mention his wife and he, he tears up. That's right. But Lance, we're going to go, we want to talk more about what you're, you were talking about theology of the body. You're, you're an Air right. Force pilot, baby doctor. You deliver babies, a tandem surfer, stand-up paddle surfer. You do it all. Uh, but you, uh, you were talking, you're also becoming certified in theology of the body. Tell us more right. about what you were, you were, continue with what you were sharing with us. Okay, well, uh, again, it's so complex, but it's very simple. You know, the innermost secret of God, God himself is the eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we are destined to share. And and what he does is he, he, he gives us two ways to do that. One uh, is the Eucharist, which is uh, the sacrament of the bridegroom and the bride. It gives us a foreshadowing of what's to come, and we can experience that as Catholics every day. And, and that is God himself giving himself to us in the sacrament of his, uh, his love. And God is love. That, that's the main deal. But we can also do that as a married couple. And even if there is no sex involved, uh, we can still do that. But when that is involved in the way it's supposed to be involved, as we give each other to each ourselves, I give myself to my wife and my wife gives herself to me, the two of us can help elevate our, ourselves into heaven. And that's kind of the, the gist of what, what marriage is all about, simply put. So uh, the human body um, actually reveals the mystery of the sexual differences and uh, the mystery of the Holy Communion, one flesh union, shows us how Christ himself came to unify his church as the bride and the bridegroom. And then this is really, um, again, mystery stuff. It reveals the mystery of God himself, and uh, we can rediscover the whole of existence and actually the meaning of life itself through this great mystery. We can never, of course, understand the full mystery of it, but it, it gives us 
the best avenue while we're on Earth to see what it's going to be like. It's just a foreshadowing. We can't imagine the glory of heaven. But when we experience that, as much like people that have the uh, charism of uh, speaking in tongues or one of the other charism, you can actually sense God and you go, aha, this is not just something somebody's made up over the last 2,000 years. This is real. So that's what it is. God gives us a real touch of the foreshadowing of heaven. And that's why TOB is, is such a beautiful expression. And um, uh, George Weigel and other people have said that we're just at the tip of understanding even better who God really is. And it's through the theology of the body. And it's going to take a while for for people to realize this as, as this uh, word is spread. Uh, there's a theology of body institute, uh, Damon Owens, Bill Donahue, Christopher West, all wonderful people. I don't want to short anybody in that step, but they're doing a fantastic job of, of spreading the word. Well, the anthropology of the human of the human person, uh, right. understanding yes. of our of our very nature, to look at our physical and spiritual nature, helps us to understand uh, the dynamic of the relationship with God, and it gets down to uh, this basic essential. One of the essentials is of desire. The word desire means uh, of the stars to to right. look heavenly, and desire is given to us by God. But when we look at, like, for example, pornography, um, it's it's just disordered desire. It comes from the right place. It's just that we're looking, uh, looking in all the wrong places to fulfill that, and we can only really fulfill the sex, the sexual union, the nuptial union between a man and a woman, br- brings you uh, into that cosmic sort of uh, you know place. But uh, even that uh, does not fulfill. We have a, a place in our heart that is longing for this infinity, longing for eternity, and that sort of uh, fulfillment can only come by having a nuptial union with with a God who's infinite and a God who is eternal. So the nuptial union in marriage and uh, uh, is only meant to bring us bring us that direction. And when you have a when you have disordered desire and you bring that when you have disordered desire and you and you focus it and you try to find it in in, in heroin, in alcohol, in uh, sexual addiction, in surfing, even in religiosity vis-a-vis relationship right. with God, um, you're going to fall short. When I look at a beautiful sunset, I wished I could embrace it, but I can't. But there will be a time when I will enter into uh, the beatific vision and I will see God face to face. And I have the foreshadowing of that taste in the Eucharist. And you can have that foreshadowing in that, of, that, of that sense of, of the wonder of God uh, in the nuptial union in your marriage. But when you look at God, God is love. If God is love, who did he love before all creation? Well, Jesus, God, Jesus is eternally begotten of the Father. The Father loves the Son. And they say that that love of the Father, the Son, and the Son for the Father is the Holy Spirit. And that's why at Pentecost, when the flame came down, it was a cloven flame, uh, two flames uh, that rested on them. And that's that the flame of the love of the Father. Father in union, uh, bring us the Holy Spirit. We've been talking with Dr. Lance Mack, and we've overrun our time. Doc, I'll see Uh-oh. you in the water. Uh, this has been your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Viva Cristo Rey, Doc. Viva Cristo Rey, Bear. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Serve some real and radical ways to live your faith. Hi, this is Doug Barry from BattleReadyStrong.com with Deep Adventures Surf's Up segment. You know, anybody who's been involved in martial arts or self-defense knows that if you're going to be in the middle of a conflict, you're going to be in the middle of that, that confrontation, you have to have a good base stand on. You have to have that so-called 80-20 split of the legs where you get about 80% of the back legs, 20 in the front, or as the Marine Corps may call it, that standard operating warrior stance. 
Anybody knows about that warrior stance, you get hit hard up high, you're going to get knocked on your backside, and you don't want that to happen. So you've got to have that base, and you've got to train that base. you also got to train those arms, get them up. You've got to protect the eyes, the throat, the chest, the heart. You've got to protect to make sure nothing comes flying in and knocks you silly by, by hitting you upside the head or, or going for your throat or for your face or for your heart, for your lungs. So you keep those arms up, and you block, and you guard, you protect. Well, it's pretty similar when it comes to the spiritual life. We've got to have that good base to stand on. One leg, you could say very simply, is, is the Word of God. The other leg, the teachings of the faith. You have to have that stance to stand on so you don't get knocked over in the spiritual conflict. Right, the devil's going to come at us. The world, the flesh, the devil, these attacks are going to try to take us out, knock us flat on our backside. You have to know the Word of God, know the teachings of the faith in order to not get knocked over. you also got to guard and protect, keep the arms up. Protect your heart. Protect the ability to breathe, your spiritual breathing and your spiritual eyesight, your spiritual hearing. So you've got to protect the head, the throat, the chest, the lungs. And you do that with your arms. What are your arms? It's prayer, sacraments. One arm is prayer. One arm is sacraments. You always keep them up, and you never drop the guard. We need to know always that the enemy we face is an enemy that has been observing us for thousands of years and knows our weaknesses. First Peter 5, 8, the devil roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stay alert. Be watchful. Keep a good base. The Word of God, the teachings of faith. Keep the arms up. Guard yourself with prayer and sacraments always. Defend your deep adventure. Surf's up, say. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. I hope you guys enjoyed having my friend, Doc, Dr. Lance Mackey, with us on our radio show. He's an example to all of us of of how to love your family and how to love especially your wife. Uh, Go to our website, deepadventure.com, and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which means you get the radio show sent to you on an MP3 so you can share it with your friends and you can listen to it whenever you want to in case you're missing us on the 500 radio stations that we are played on by EWTN. Uh, and also, uh, you can find out about when our reality show, Long Ride Home, is going to air. Uh, you, when you get the newsletter, we give you updates on things like that. And we also send you out one of our deep virtues every week, which is just a two-minute social media type of uh, audio segment that you can also share with your friends uh, uh, as far as the new evangelization, uh, being involved in that goes. And you know my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, the new book that was published by Franciscan Media? You can get that there, and you can also get my my original book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, Perfect as Gifts, and also uh, the Warrior Rosary that, that I loved, that I talk about so often on my show. That was created by Tom Sullivan, and we have other things there, T-shirts and things like that. Uh, so please uh, go to our website, subscribe to our newsletter, and please pray for our ministry. Uh, in the words of uh, Long Ride Home, uh, the battle cry of the Cristeros, until next week, Viva Cristo Rey! Long live Christ the King! This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.